Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast is a Christ-centered podcast established in 2019 and hosted weekly by Pastor Chris Busher, addressing a host of topics such as the Great Commission, Christian discipleship, and often featuring interviews with special guests who are experts in their field. The views and events expressed on this podcast and all related materials belong solely to their author and not necessarily to the author's employer, organization, committee, or other group or individual. While all attempts are made to present accurate information, some information may become outdated over time. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast makes every attempt to timely update any and all such information. Without further delay, here's another powerful episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. I am your co-host, Dallas Montague. Today we have a really, really special podcast with Connie Fernandez. She is a wife, a mother of six, and a grandmother. And she was born and raised in the Bronx in New York, but later moved to Dallas, Texas in 1991. And this is a very powerful testimony. I had the pleasure of recording this testimony with Connie, and we talked so much about how God restored her life from an abortion that she received. And it took 17 years for God to capture her heart and to let her know that she's forgiven and that she can be restored. And it's such an incredible testimony. And I think that a lot of women and a lot of people need to hear this story. And it's not just about abortion. It's about any type of bondage that we've experienced in our lives and that God restores. For me, it was addiction. For Connie, it was an abortion. And for any other people out there, we all know that we have some type of bondage in our life that that affects us, that holds us down, that the enemy can use to keep us from being who we're supposed to be in Christ. So this podcast is going to be amazing. Hold tight. Before we get to that podcast, I want to share a quick story in John chapter 21 of how Jesus restored Peter. I think this is fitting for this podcast today because the story of Connie is that God restored her. In my testimony, God restored me. And so Jesus restores Peter. And if we look here in the last few chapters of John, it's talking about how Jesus was crucified and somebody asked Peter, hey, you've been with Jesus. You know Jesus, right? And he denies Jesus three times. And after Jesus is dead and all this training that they've had over the last three years, Peter returns back to fishing, his first occupation. His first calling was to be a fisherman. And Jesus met him and said, follow me and you will be a fisher of men. And so Jesus took him and made him a fisher of men and taught him how to to be a disciple. I want to look when Peter was on the boat and Jesus returns, put the net on the other side because they couldn't catch any fish. And they put the net on the other side and they catch a lot of fish and they come in to have breakfast with the man that they found out was later Jesus. They come and Jesus is asking Peter, this is the important part here. He says, Peter, do you love me? And can you just imagine the guilt and the shame inside of Peter in that moment? He just denied Jesus three times a few days ago. And he knows that Jesus knows everything. And he says, of course, Jesus, you know that I like you. You know that I love you. And the words that they're using there is in the Greek. The word that Jesus says is, do you agape me? And Peter responds, yes, I phileo you. And phileo is like a friendly love. It's not a sacrificial love like Jesus asked him, do you agape me? He said, yes, Jesus I like you. Yes, Jesus, I like to spend time with you. I love you, but I would never sacrifice for you. And and deep down, Peter knew because Peter already denied Jesus after his death. And here he is sitting right in front of him, talking to him again with the holes in his hands and the hole in his side. Could you imagine the guilt and the shame that Peter was feeling? And Jesus asks him a second time, do you agape me? And he responds, 
Yes, Jesus, you know that I phileo you. Again, a third time. And this time, Peter is annoyed. Peter is frustrated that Jesus asked him again, Jesus, why are you asking me if I agape you? You know everything. You know my answer. And then he realizes that Jesus is restoring him, that Jesus is giving him a new life. And if we continue to read in Acts, Peter is used to build the first of the church. And if we never see this John chapter 21 of Jesus restoring Peter, we would still think that Peter denied Jesus. That would be the last thing that we saw of Peter. But what happens is Jesus restores him. He gives him a new life. He gives him a new chance. He says, if you love me, serve my people. If you love me, feed my sheep. If you love me, follow me. And that's the same calling that he had in the beginning was to follow him. And that's what's happening. Jesus died for all of us. No matter the guilt, shame, sin, past, whatever we've done in our life, Jesus is here to restore us. He died. He has the holes in his hands and the holes in his sides to restore us, to redeem us of the life of sin, of the things that we've made mistakes in. In Connie's life, the abortion that she had, and it took her 17 years for God to capture her heart and transform her life again to be free that's the same thing that Jesus did in my life with my addiction. Jesus died to set me free. And I really like the story, the Jesus restoring Peter, because it's available to all of us, that restoration and that restoring in our lives. Jesus can restore our lives back to a life of freedom, back to a life of serving him. And that's exactly what happened for Peter. The last part of this that I want to say is that if we love Jesus, it says, do you love me? Do you love me? And if we truly love Jesus, we will serve his people. And it all comes down to love. It all comes down to serving other people around us and following him. Before we begin this podcast, I'm going to say a quick prayer and then we will begin. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this podcast. Thank you so much for this platform. Everybody that's listening, the guest that we have today, Connie, I just pray that you bless the message, you bless the words that she has, that she touches people's hearts, and that it stirs up something inside of people, maybe people who are living in bondage right now. God, I pray that you capture their hearts. Let them know that they're not alone. Let them know that they that you died to set them free from those sins. Jesus, so I just pray that you go before us, lead this podcast in Jesus' name. Amen. You're listening to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. We'll be right back after this quick word from our sponsors. As a father of eight, he understands the need and desire to protect those near and dear to you at an affordable cost. He has a flexible, affordable, and nationwide health care plans to protect your loved ones wherever they travel in the U.S. and internationally. His portfolio plans let you tailor your coverage to your needs, and you can just stay and rest easily. Visit the Health Insurance Dad on Facebook today. When you know how to attract the right prospects, connect with those prospects to become great clients, create your world-class program, and serve your clients at that scale, you will have all the tools necessary to rapidly grow your coaching business to be the coaching business you dream of and deserve. All our material are designed to help you with those four elements using cutting-edge strategies, tools, and scientifically-backed heart-driven approach to reach success and significance. Here at Success and Significance Coach, we work hard so you don't have to. Contact us at juancarlos.live. Welcome back to another podcast today. We have a special guest, Connie Fernandez. Connie, how are you today? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to have you here. You're in Dallas, Texas today. Is that correct? I am. Awesome. I live in Dallas, Texas. That's great. How long have you lived in Dallas? Um, lived in Dallas since 1991. 1991. About 30 years. And it says here that you grew up in the Bronx. You grew up in New York. 
born and raised in the Bronx, New York, <sighs> with uh, my mom and my dad and my two sisters. I've never been to New York, but I've always dreamed of going there. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great place to visit. <laughs> Not and, a great. Uh, it's very expensive to live there, though. So, which is one of the reasons why we had to relocate to Dallas. And how many people are are located in New York? Just if you know that. Oh boy! Uh, wow. I don't know that answer. <laughs> I think it's a lot. I I live in Sao Paulo, it, it, Brazil. It is, it is a lot. And they tell me that it's more than New York, which has to be a lot. So I'm just I've always oh, been yeah, curious yeah. about the real statistics. Like you can Google of course, but just someone who lived there, you know, I'm just interested. Well, yeah, it's it's a very very large state. I yeah. mean, you have upstate, you have mm. downstate, you have down south, you have it's it, it's really really it's a large uh area to live in. Mm. And so once again, thank you for being a part of the podcast today, Connie. And we're going to start out with your testimony and you're free to to take it off when you're ready. Okay. Um, Again, thank you for having me, Dallas. Um, One of the things that uh, the Lord was dealing with me with over the past, uh, well, for at least 17 years was uh, forgiveness. Um, And I know that a lot of us go through, you know, uh, learning how to forgive in 1991, I had an abortion. The abortion was something that came as a surprise to everyone in my family because I had already had three children with my husband. And, you know, when I had to make the decision to have the abortion, it was because, you know, my husband and I, you know, we were having some trouble in our marriage. And coming from a person who always judged women who had abortions. I looked down on women who had abortions. I talked really horrible about women who had abortions. And I've also said to myself, I would never, ever, ever do that to my child. And I learned very quickly that never say never because you don't know what you would do if you were actually in that particular situation. So I learned over the years that I was a very judgmental person until I was actually in that situation. So I learned to come from a place of compassion and understanding after that. In 1991, when I decided to have the abortion, my thought was, I don't want to think about it. I can't think about it because if I think about it, then I might talk myself out of it because of how I was, how I felt and how, how I expressed what abortion meant to me. So I I dug myself into this hole where I alienated myself from the world and from people. And um, that's how I was able to go through the whole thing, being there, but not being there. Um, And then in, uh, 2007, you know, I had a friend of mine come up to me at the church service one Sunday, and she said, I don't know why I'm telling you this, but I'm being obedient, and the Lord just wanted me to share something with you. Can we go to lunch? And I said, sure. You know, she was already a, a really close friend of our family. We went, we go to lunch, and she shares with me that she just completed a 12-week class on post-abortion. And so I'm looking at her like, okay, why are you sharing this with me? It it never, it didn't click at that time. But then the following Sunday, um, there were a few women sharing their 
testimonies about how this class helped them. And there were also women there who were contemplating abortion who actually had their children. And in that moment, sitting in the congregation, I just felt so overwhelmed with emotion and remorse, um, the guilt and the shame from the abortion, all those feelings and emotions started to arise because I took them and packed them away. I swept them under the rug of my heart so that I didn't have to feel and think about that. But I never stopped thinking about the child that I aborted. And my husband and I actually had three kids, three more kids after that, so we had six in total. And the reminder of each pregnancy and each birth was a reminder of the abortion and because I thought about what would my child be like, you know, uh, who would he look like or, you know, the personality. And, and it was a, it was rough. And so that Sunday sitting in church and hearing all those testimonies, I became so overwhelmed and I just felt like the Holy Spirit just took a hold of me and said, just take my hand, you know, we can do this. Because what happened was I was growing in the Lord, and sometimes when you get to a certain place and the Lord wants to use you in other areas, well, you have to heal in certain areas in your heart because you have to take that part out and fill it up with what God has for you to do for him so that you can do it effectively. And so, you know, he was letting me know we have to deal with this. This has to be dealt with because there's places I want to take you that I can't because this is in the way. So we have to remove this. And so after church, I signed up for the class. And that was in 2007. Wow. It was, it was tough. It was 12 weeks. But God grabbed a hold of my heart and my hand, and I felt him every step of the way. And uh, it, it, it was hard. I, I really, really had to push through. It's work. I don't want to sugarcoat that to anybody. But it's work. But the reward at the end is amazing. You know, I felt like the enemy just took these chains and put them on the, wrapped them around my ankles and threw me in a big ocean. And I just sunk, kept sinking and sinking and sinking to the bottom. And I got to the bottom and I just felt comfortable there because I felt like I was just shut out from the world and nobody knew this horrible secret. Mm, so it was a secret too. No, you didn't talk to a lot of people about it. Oh, no. The shame and the guilt from mm. having an abortion, that's, not, that's nothing that you want to, to talk about. And not only were you being so tormented, many, you were alone as, as well. You know, that's... I was... I was wow. alone. I felt alone. But when God brings you through it, you will see where you, he will show you bits and pieces of your life where he never left you. And he was there the whole time. He's, he, just, he was just waiting on me. And so many women suffer in silence because of the shame and the guilt. The enemy doesn't want us to, um, you know, be free from that because so many um horrible dead roots can grow from the shame and the guilt, which is anger, depression, um, suicide ideation. You know, all those things will pile up and pile up, which is everything that I went through. I went through the horrible depression. I went through the suicide ideation. 
um, the shame and the guilt, it, it, it messes with your, your um, who you are. You don't know who you are. You can't become who you are with this dark cloud hanging over you. And so, you know, God, when I said earlier that God is always there, we just don't see him. We refuse to see him because we, we were so swallowed up in our shame and our guilt. And, and that's how the enemy keeps us focused on the depression and the suicide ideation. He distracts us. He's very crafty in that area. But one thing I can tell you is that I always saw a light that warmed my heart. I looked at the light, but I quickly turned away because of the shame. And God is saying, I forgive you. Just give me your hand. Let me take you out of this hole. Let me take you out of this pit. Let me take you out of this bondage that you're in so that we can move on. You know, you don't have a lot of time. You know, we're getting older. You know, you don't want to, you know, stand before the Lord and, you know, he asks you or he tells you, I tried. I tried to to save you. I tried to pull you out, but you just would not take my hand. And so every time the Lord, I saw the Lord's hand come down into this big ocean that I put myself in, I would just look away until one day I reached my hand out and I just grabbed his hand and he pulled me up to the surface. And when he pulled me up to the surface, that I was unsure. I I looked over in the water, in the ocean, and I saw the chains that were tied to my ankles floating on water, and I felt such a relief. But it was the, the start of my healing and my freedom. But I took the first step to said, okay, Lord, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to trust and follow you. And I went into these classes not knowing how I would come out because I was I was in a comfortable place for so long that I was so damaged. And so each class, like I said, was 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 hard. But it, it, it got easier and easier and easier. And then you still you 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 know, it's like getting a brand new car. You have to maintain that car. So you maintain your freedom. And how I do that is I'm always continuously thanking the Lord for loving me so much that he never gave up on me. And the second thing is I had to tell the world, all the women who are suffering in silence, you know, if if you are suffering in silence from a decision, of uh, making a decision to have an abortion, you don't have to suffer anymore. There is a bright side. And women need to start opening up. We need to come together and break those chains of shame and guilt that the enemy put us in. Because God forgives us. We have to learn to forgive ourselves. And that was one of the things that I realized through the class that wow, I'm putting all this on myself. I I, can't, I couldn't forgive myself. And once I did that, then the freedom, the freedom is 
it's unexplainable. It's it's it, it left me speechless pretty much. But there was this one woman in the class. She could not do it. And she she was so emotional she walked out. And I remember walking behind her, trying to encourage her to stay. And she said, I just can't do it. It just it hurts so bad. And she left. And in that moment, the Lord said, I want to use you to encourage, but you have to be healthy yourself to encourage in this area. And that's when I learned that we as Christians, we hurt, we're in bondage, and how we put a Band-Aid on it is we go and we serve in the church, and we serve other people. We give them what we need, but we're not getting it ourselves. So to put a Band-Aid on it, we go and do these things for all these other people, but at the end of the day, when it's all over, you go to bed at night or you come home to a house full of people, you still feel alone. You still feel lonely. You still feel broken. You're still in bondage, only to wake up the next day and do it all over again. Hmm. So that is not helping us and not freeing God up to do everything that he needs to do through us. That's just a little bit or a tip, tip of the iceberg when you go to serve. God is showing you what he can do through you, and he wants to do more. But we limit ourselves by not going to get the help we need to heal so that we can give his people everything, give them all of God through us. I really like what you said about how God pulled you up. That's a good picture to imagine of God literally grabbing you by the hand and pulling you up out of your sin. And I like to talk about it in my testimony, how God picks us up when we're still dirty, even in the midst of our sin, even when you were living in the guilt and shame every single day, God still picked you up. And I think that it's something that we believe, like you're saying, living in the darkness, living in that isolation, we think that we have to clean ourselves up before we go to Jesus when really he's the one yeah. who cleans us off in the first place. That's his job, so it's just saying yes. And it sounds like going to that group was vital for you. Would you encourage other women to go to those groups as well? Definitely. And here's the thing. I have a book out, and the book is, you know, it, it, it talks about how each— I have different chapters in the book, and it's very—the book is small and intimate. It's 45 pages. And the reason why it is 45 pages is because I take myself and not just myself, but the other women who went through this. And the thing is, when you decide, okay, I I need help. That's the first step. I, I need to get through this. That's all you need to decide. Don't try to figure out anything else. You just need to decide, I need God's help. I, I, I need help to go through this. That's the first step. The second thing is, when, when we are in class, the thing that I love about it is we, do, we definitely go through a workbook. And Linda Cochran, and I don't mind sharing, even though I have a book, one thing that I realize is that we are all here for the same purpose. We are all striving for the same kingdom. We are all working for 
one God. And I just feel like I can be a hand or I can be a finger or I can be a thumb. We all need to come together as Christians and lift one another up and encourage one another. If there is a tool out there that I can, that helped me as much as Linda Cochran's books helped me, it's called uh, Forgiven and Set Free, and it's a post-abortion book. I would recommend that if women do grab that book, that they would do it in a group setting because it is a workbook. And then my book is my experience through the abortion, through the class, certain chapters that was my favorite chapter, not my favorite chapter, Um, the challenging chapters. All of this is impacted in this 45-page book that I wrote called Mommy, I Forgive You. And it's small, intimate, and, and very impactful. And I did it that way because when we do decide to make that step, when we pick up a thick book, it's so overwhelming. All you think about is the work that you have to do. You, we, we put the book back down. So I wanted to make this book approachable for women to say, okay, this is not that much. Let me pick it up and read this. And, you know, that book will definitely, you know, steer you to uh, Linda, Linda Cochran's book, Forgiven and Set Free. Um, one of the things that I was going to say was when I followed this woman out and the Lord said quickly, you need to get your healing first. She never, it's been over 30 it's been about 30 years, and I never forgot about this one woman, especially when I went through the class. When I went through the class, I, I always prayed for her, and I said, I wish she was here to see the all of us. Which it was about six women in the class, including myself. I wish she was here. I wish she had hung in there. Lord, what can I do to get the word out? What What can I do? And hence why the book is here. Um, I also facilitated a class at at the same church that I took the class at on post-abortion. And it was the most refreshing experience to, number one, go through that book again, because it's a, they use the same book, to go through that book again. And to see, to look at where I had, where I was, God showed me where I was. And I never thought that I would be sitting there facilitating a class on post-abortion, the same exact class that I went through. Hmm. So that was very refreshing. And I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that God is using me to that magnitude, whether it's one woman, two women, three women. I just really want women to understand that the enemy is crafty. God has something for everybody to do, and he wants to use you. But he needs you to come to him to get this load off of him because he will do it. Ladies, 
You don't have to clean yourself up. One of the things I do remember is when God pulled me out, my head was still held down, held low, and God lifted my head up and said, it's time for you to walk in your purpose. And so that's where I am today. I was looking at your book, Mommy, I Forgive You, and one of the things that it says is that this book is prayerfully written. I like that part. And it keeps going, and it says that it's not about guilt and shame, but it's about how to help women find the restoration, the healing, and the freedom. And I think that's so huge because you could just simply write a book about your experiences, and it maybe it could help somebody. But when you prayerfully consider a book, when you go through it with God and how it can actually help people— that's huge. That's a whole different ballgame when you prayerfully write the book. And just the way that you're talking here, I can tell that it's genuine. I can tell that it's real and that you really want to help people. And God is using you as a light. He really is. And I think that women need to hear this. And it's a really exciting podcast for me. And I'm excited to share it with other people too. It's so important to know that God restores and redeems. He really does. He did it for me with addiction. He did it with you with an abortion. And he continues to do it today. You know, and I saw some interesting statistics recently about the coronavirus, how the coronavirus has stopped many things in the world. Not only our businesses, not only our our lives, but it stopped the pornography, the uh, trafficking, and it's also stopped the abortions. And many children have been saved because of all this pandemic. And so when you look at it from that perspective, it's it's a lot yeah. different. And so I think the message that you carry, Connie, is really, really powerful and impactful. Well, praise God. Because, you know, saying that it was prayerfully written, I was in L.A. for three months. I go out there to help my son, who's in the film industry, to, you know, care for his four boys, my four grandchildren. And I literally sat down and I said, okay, Lord. You have to give it to me because I don't want it to be Connie. I know what I experienced, but you have to tell me exactly what you want your people to hear through my experience. And that's exactly what he did. One of the things I did praying was, Lord, I don't want to come off judgmental. I don't want to try to persuade women to not have an abortion. Um, What I will say is, you know, educate yourself. Educate, because back in 1991, one of the things that drew me to um, having children and saying in my heart of hearts that I can never have an abortion, I did not, I was not educated about abortion at all. I just knew that it would be killing my baby, which is one of the things that I had to say out of my mouth in class when the question came around. What is abortion to you? And they asked the question in like the first or second class, and I could not answer that question. But after going through the lessons and and, um, God revealing things to me through his word and through the questions that, the tough questions that were asked in the lesson, it made me dig and think about why did I say things like, I can never have an abortion. Why? What made me say that? Where did that come from? And it came from me knowing that when women have abortions, they kill, it's killing their babies. That's all I knew. But as life went on for me, and even after I took the class, I really started 
because it was hard for me to educate myself, I really started educating myself on the procedure, the process of an abortion. So that, you know, it's, it's different. You go through different uh, steps to your healing. You know, it's not just you go to the class for 12 weeks and it's done. You know, it for me, and I know for a couple of other women that there's a process, still a process after the fact. You know, you want to still educate yourself because you never know who God is going to put in your life to ask you these questions. And you want to be able to tell them, you know, this is what happens when an abortion is performed at this many weeks, at this many weeks. Here's the thing, you know, the Bible tells us that God formed us before and he he formed us in his secret place, right? So if he formed us in his secret place and then and then places us in our mother's womb, that is a life. He already made you who you're going to be. He already made you the sex. He already made your personality. He already he is already giving you your gifts and your talents. So for women to say it's just tissue, you know, or from, you know, that that's one of the things that I said, which is why I said I have to go hurry up and get this abortion done. I had to realize for myself that that was a trick from the enemy because God is already you it's not about it's not about how long it's been in the womb it's about god created you before i think that's a good point exactly yeah exactly so these are the things that if i had not for me if i had not educated myself on uh, the abortion procedure and how it's performed this is how god gave those things to me he this is how he gave that revelation to me you were formed before i even put you in your mother's womb. You were made before I put you in there. So you were already life. And so that was, you know, these things that I believe that God has shown, was showing me is because there's, he has already given me a platform to share. And I really appreciate this platform because um, I am waiting and being patient. You know, the book and the followers that I, that I desire is, is not for my own gain. You know, a lot of people get on um, social media and they're doing all that they can to get all these followers. I want all those followers because I want to reach so many with this positive message. So before I was on Instagram or Facebook or anything social media, I just wanted followers just because that was what everybody was doing. But the Lord had to say, okay, step back. I created all this. I created this technology. This technology is here for a reason, and people are using it for their own reasons. I need technology because word of mouth is, hasn't worked. And so now let me create this where the whole world can hear, hear about me. Mm-hmm. And that's how I look at, you know, gaining followers to push this out to and I'm going to say the world. I, I remember when I finished class, I said, I want every woman in the world to get what I have that has had an abortion or abortions. There was, there were, and ladies, hear me when I say this. It doesn't matter how long ago. I had a woman who came up to me after service one day in church after I shared my testimony. And she said, you know, mine was 30 two years ago. This is real. The enemy can keep you in bondage that long. Mine was 17 years. There is hope. There is freedom. There is forgiveness. It's at your fingertips. All you have to do is just 
take a hold of God's hand. And he's, his love and his compassion, he loves us so much. He will take you through. He doesn't, he doesn't want this for us, which is why he makes a way out of it. There's a way out of every horrible situation. And what advice would you give to other women who have experienced these similar tragedies? Would you consider them going to these groups? Would you consider them, what, just what would be the advice for them? Well, here's the advice that I have. Definitely would say reach out to your counseling ministry at church. I would start there, counseling ministry at church. Now, also, I want to make sure that they know that I am available and I am approachable, okay? Um, My Instagram, Mommy, I Forgive You. Facebook, Mommy, I Forgive You. You can reach out to me, and it will be confidential. You can ask me questions. Um, I'll help you through the process of getting to getting you to where you need to go to get the help that you need. I would advise saying constant prayer, talking with the Lord, and and asking God, okay, Lord, where? And I, I just let Him know that you 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 want this. You want freedom. You don't want to go through this anymore. And He will guide. He will send somebody in your life. So my ultimate advice is. Seek counseling. If you don't go to a church, if you don't, um, you know, even if you're not a Christian, God still loves you. Even if you haven't um, accepted Christ as your personal Savior, this is is not what it's all about. That's a decision that you make, you know, to make God Lord of your life. This is for anybody who is struggling with that decision that they made years ago to have an abortion or several abortions. Now, I'm talking to the people who are having the guilt and the shame and feeling like I just can't take it anymore. You know, I know we have women out there who that doesn't bother them. They can go get abortion after abortion. I'm not judging anybody. I'm talking to the women who want the help and saying to them, there is help. I'm here to help you um, get the book. It's on Amazon. Uh, Mommy, I forgive you, and I promise you it will change your life. And one last thing I want to add with what you've already said was that you're not alone. And if you do feel that you are going through this, the guilt and the shame, know that God is with you. You may feel like you're alone, but you're not alone. Like you said, you looked back and saw where God was there and the people he placed that were his people and so I think I think this is a, an amazing podcast. The you guys have her Instagram, you have her social media stuff. You can buy the book on Amazon. Um, is there anything else that you would like to add to the listeners today? I'd like to say, take your control back of your life. Don't allow the enemy to control you with your shame and your guilt, because what happens is it spills over to your into your relationships. And my book talks about that as well. Um, my favorite chapter in the book is anger. Um, and I know that's a funny chapter, a weird chapter to have, but my favorite chapter is anger. It was the toughest chapter that every um, one in my class had to go through because we display so many anger emotions to our children, to our to our husbands, to our spouses, to our moms. Anger is an emotion and it demands a response, whether it's going to be positive or negative. And you have to ask yourself, which one am I displaying? Am I displaying 
the positive or the negative. Now, you might say, well, if you're angry, how are you going to display positive? Well, remember when Jesus was angry because they were gambling in his father's house? We have that emotion. It's all about control. Don't allow the enemy to continue to control your life with this cloud over your head because Jesus is waiting. You are not alone. Not only do you have Jesus, you have now, I believe, this is going to open up a taboo uh, topic, abortion, and those who are struggling. We never talked about it like this, and I appreciate Dallas for allowing me to come on and talk about um, what God has done in my life and, and so many other women's lives that I know of through the guilt and shame of abortion. And another great thing about this book, you don't only have to apply it to abortion because the enemy is going to bound you if you allow him to put you in bondage. Those same emotions, those same feelings are going to come out of it because that's his strategy. It doesn't matter how he gets you there. It's all about him wanting you to be suicidal and depressed and angry So let's remember that particularly we are talking about um, shame and guilt from abortion. Let's remember that it's not just this topic that's putting us in bondage. So you are not alone. That's one of the things that I want you to understand. You are not alone. You feel alone, but you're not alone. I like that last point that you said. You said it's not just about abortion. It's about any type of bondage. And I like this message so much that you're saying because it's the same message. I'm preaching the same message over here that God died to save you, that there's restoration available. And, yeah, like you say, it was with my addiction, with your abortion, with other people's problems in their life. God died to redeem us. He died to save us and to give us a new life. So, again, thank you so much for being a part of the podcast today. If you would pray Thank us, you for having me. Yeah, it's, it's been amazing. If you could end the podcast by saying a prayer for us. Sure. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you for this opportunity, Lord. I thank you for the listeners, Lord. I thank you for the heart that you are touching right now, Heavenly Father. I thank you for your freedom. I thank you for your love, your compassion, Heavenly Father. Father, I pray that those that are listening, Lord, that are having um, the shame and the guilt from however they got there, Lord, that you will touch their hearts right now, Lord, that you will guide them to um, start their journey to freedom and forgiveness, Heavenly Father. I pray that you will touch their hearts in such a way that, Lord, that feeling of loneliness, that you will fill that with compassion and love so that they can feel that. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We praise your holy name, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. You've just listened to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. With your host, Pastor Chris Busher. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast was recorded live in studio with final editing made before uploading. Subscribe today to Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast on iTunes or Google Play. For more fantastic daily content, visit Pastor Chris Busher online via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Don't miss the next episode on Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast.